Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I thought Wolves had perfect eyesight. Why does he have glasses? TBLS, oh yes, the lifestyle's baller. Podcast getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly. Like, you're not a fag, are you? Jay Stewart, Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Plus, you know, there's Kate with a C, but she's no Coach Finstock's eating a hard boiled egg. Loud covers, Canucks, my brothers, reviewing some movies and shows and others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Hello and welcome. We are back from theballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you very much for joining the show. Uh, episode number, I'm not aware because this is a pre-taped thing. Oh my god. As you can see, we have a guest. I'll let you guess who that is. Uh, we are joined for a, for a special episode of the show. Every once in a while, we like to review movies here. And we just, if you're listening chronologically, you will have just heard one that we did a couple weeks before this one drops. But we're recording them out of order. In case anybody cares, a little behind the scenes. Uh, this is the Teen Wolf episode of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, where we're, we're going to review the 1985 classic Teen Wolf. Uh, I am joined, as always, by the great Ed Daily. Ed, how are you? I'm doing well. I have to admit, today was just very busy. I never actually watched it before the podcast. Luckily, I've seen this movie. 25 times so i can i can go with it yeah you have tremendous recall i'm not there's no question about that and um but but like this is just a kind of movie that was on tv in college i just i saw this movie a ton yeah um also joining us in case you joining us in case you couldn't tell by his samsung microsoft i don't even know what that was text alert that just came through the mic is our very own, very popular on the show. So popular, in fact, that he is in, he is mentioned in the Baller Lifestyle rap, stomp, rap song made by our very own listener, Brad in New York. Of course, I'm talking about Jason Stewart. Jason, long time no talk. How are you, my friend? Hey, Jason. A couple of things. Um, you nailed it with the Samsung. It's an Android, yeah. and it's... Uh, that was a text alert, but you can clean that up in post. Text alert. And then, um, yeah, and then, um, yeah, I didn't know there was a rap song. I, I have, I'm like uh, no, three or four episodes behind. Oh, you're not a listener. It's okay. You don't have to pretend you are. Three dozen uh, episodes. Uh, yeah. Come on, Ed. <laughs> you're Let's not, not get technical here. Don't even pretend you're. You're too busy reading while you drive. Um, That's true. I would, had I thought of it before now, I would cue it up to your part. You'll have to listen to this episode because I'll play us in. I think you might appear before us in the song, yeah. right? Yeah, he's in there. He's, uh, yeah, he's definitely. But I think top. he might be the first mentioned. Yeah, he's, he's that, he's that beloved. Okay, now we've, now we've talked it up so much. I don't have it cued, but so let's see if I can come up with it quickly. No, I don't see it here. 
No, I don't have it handy to me. Sorry, too many too many voicemails from Manuel. Hey, Stu, did you know a guy called Matt in L.A. when you worked at the Rome Show? Matt in L.A., Manuel and Gardena. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, we he's, know, we know Manuel. He's heavy. He's heavily involved. Like he'll reach out. I mean, you talk about a guy who's got a ton of time to listen to stuff. He would. He listened to our my daily radio show. He listens to every minute of Rome. He listens to every minute of this podcast. The guy's like super hardcore listener. Good guy. Yeah. Super fan. Need more of them. No problem with him. No problem. Wish I had 50,000 more Manuels. Yeah, good guy. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just don't know if that's his real name. I, I think it's Matt. Matt in L.A. <laughs> He sounds like a Matt. Okay, off topic. So we're going to talk about Teen Wolf. We like to do movies. Everybody loves it when Jay Stu jumps in for movies. Um, Teen Wolf, a massive, massive cultural phenomenon, came out in 1985, directed by Rod Daniel, written by a guy called Jeff Loeb. Jeff. Jay. Did you look up him up? No, but I'm, I'm just. I've just seen his name on the wiki. Oh yeah, he goes. He goes uh, J, like a G off. J E P H. Jeff. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. But this dude, he wrote. He wrote uh, Commando. Oh, another classic. That's a weird. But that's a weird like writing range. Yeah. What was the bad guy that looked like Freddie Mercury in uh, Commando? What was he called? <laughs> Fuck, what was his name? Uh, I thought Jay Stu would have this. No, I don't. I'm not a big Commando fan. Uh, you're not a big Commando fan? Oh, my God. Bill yeah. Duke, all of them. All I just remember the, the naked breasts of the woman that uh, that was in the hotel room when he broke in. Oh, yeah. There's always titties in the 80s. Um, of course, this film stars Michael J. Fox. He's a high school student who discovers that his family has an unusual pedigree. When he accidentally becomes a wolf, it feels like something your dad might have talked to you about prior to that happening. Um, he's a 17-year-old. He's sick of being average. This is supposed to take place in Oregon, although it very much looks like Old Town Pasadena to me. His, <laughs> his only claim to popularity is that he's on the school's basketball team. The school sucks, um, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's seen this movie. Let's – See how it did at the box office. It came out August. So they, yes, they had filmed it. I think right after Back to the Future, right before, but like Back to the Future definitely hadn't hit yet. They were out at the same time. So were they I, out I at had the read. Same time? Yeah, back. To I had read yep. where they filmed this first. Yep, and then uh, then he filmed Back to the Future. Back to the Future was released before this. That's right. And then uh, Teen Wolf came out after it. In fact, the opening weekend, uh, Teen Wolf was second in the nation, and Back to the Future was on its like oh. I don't know, however many uh, week, and it came in first. We both have access. So this was the movie. Wikipedia. Yeah, this uh -huh. is the movie probably when because movies used to just be sold out all the time. Uh, uh, yeah, because they didn't have like on a big release because these movie theaters weren't fifteen movies. There were like three, a lot of them. Two. Right. So oh, see, it would get one. sold out. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure people went to Teen Wolf because they're like, well, it has Mega J. Fox and it's not, and Back to the Future, we couldn't get in. 
probably a lot of that going on. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. Re- I remember seeing Back to the Future in the theater. I don't recall seeing or knowing about Teen Wolf during its cinematic run, but I did see it promptly on VHS. I believe. I believe at a at a friend's house, but it was it was probably just after it was released because I was pretty young when it happened. Um, it came out again, like I said, August 23rd, 1985, number two in its opening weekend behind the other Michael J. Fox vehicle back to the future. It grossed $33 million domestically, which is a pretty big hit for the eighties with a worldwide gross of about 80 million. And I can only imagine that Jay Stu, you're a big actor. You get a lot of residuals from your time appearing on shows like, according to John Belushi's yeah. brother, yep. um, other stuff you've been in, Lifetime yep. movies. You get residuals. This Teen Wolf has been on in rotation on cable TV, TNT, wherever. Ever since it's never stopped running, it's always on somewhere. So I imagine these people have made a few pennies since then. Uh, despite its commercial success, the film's critical reception was at best mixed. Rotten Tomatoes has it uh, 47 percent, which would mm. not be in the rotten category. Uh, it's re- Metacritic has it. Quote, generally, with generally unfavorable reviews. Uh, Vincent. Just doing some, doing yes. some research on this, it makes sense that the reviews would be so poor. Cause like, I had read where, um, what, the, the, uh, the matriarch on Family Ties had like a Mere child Baxter Bernie. Yeah. And they had to, they had to push this, uh, the, um, shooting back to where they only did it, it only took 21 days to shoot. And I it think the writers it. were given like two weeks to write it. Yep. And it's a movie that, that very much looks like it took 21 days to shoot and it took two <laughs> weeks to write. There are a couple extended montages in in this movie. It's no Rocky four, which is essentially five montages one, one, yeah. punctuated by a couple of lines of dialogue. Um, but it, there are three at least extended seven minute montages during this movie. Um, Teen Wolf was first released on DVD in 2002. It's a bit, it's a big hit. Well-known movie, a lot of stuff going on. Big, uh, big star, Michael J. Fox. Um, the movie begins. I mean, this, all that time they spent on writing and, and filming. Do you think the casting was done in seven minutes? Because the basketball (laughs) scene, they just said, give us the, first 10 guys that walk in the door there there might be one guy who's passable as high school in this entire basketball oh, it, scene. you know that's a theme th- throughout the movie um and we'll, we'll we'll get to that and as far as the basketball skills of every single of, basketball player of, in the movie a lot of jump on that foul shot yeah um so yeah the movie starts it's a basketball game it's like a it's like a silent, you could just hear the like heavy breathing and the dribbling and you, you get a, you get an underneath shot of, of Michael J. Fox face. He's bent over, he's sweating. Nostril. Yeah. He's at the free throw line. And for it some, it was a very, it was a very low budget uh, film that 
they put almost zero time into some of the um, some of the essentials of like the the early the eighties films, which was like there was no uh, money spent or creativity put in the opening credits. It is a black backdrop, white writing with the heavy, what was it? The ball bouncing and heavy breathing. Yep. It was yeah, a no music. slow motion of what the scene was at the very beginning and at the end. And that was it. Yeah. So the, the movie starts, uh, Michael J. Fox is at the line. He's shooting free throws. And as, as he's at the line, an, a player on the opposing team goes to line up. And if you don't, if you're not paying close attention, you're going to miss it. But the dude that goes to line up for the free throw is at least 42 years old. Yeah. Oh, that's generous. Yeah. I hope to not look that old. I mean, he's, he's, he's balding. He's got wrinkles. He's just an older guy. Just, by the way, for, for any of the younger viewers, uh, listeners that have not seen this, it's on Hulu right now. Oh yeah. It's a, it's also on Amazon prime. I watched it on yeah. Amazon prime. Um, he, the movie, it's a high school movie. Michael J. Fox, who's These a dude, look old, right? Michael J. Fox is probably the most youthful looking of the 10 guys on the court, Yeah, but he was like 30 years old at the time or close to it. Um, and, but yeah, he looks young. The, the rest of the guys also, yeah, also 30 years old, except they do not look young. And there's not, a, there's not one youngish looking person in this movie. Yeah. Francis Buxton's his teammate, right? Um, yeah, chubby. Um, so that, you know, the game you're, you're meant to understand that Scott's team, the Beavers, they're real shitty. Um, they're getting tossed around by the other team, the dragons, uh, they're, they're, the, even, even the mascots just chilling in the, in the bleachers. Yeah, nobody's not no energy. There's no crowd there to watch. Everybody's kind of bored. The, um, the dragons are, despite being every single one of them being white, except for one dude called lemonade. Um, they're doing do two handed jams. They're dropping elbows on people. They do not play clean so much so that the true star of the movie Coach Bobby Finstock of the Beavers. The light, Jay Tarsus. Yes, goes over to the other coach and asks to forfeit. Uh, (laughs) The forfeit is not allowed. The game goes on. And uh, Scotty. Another teammate, by the way, is Quint from Can't Buy Me Love. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, Scotty, despite taking an obvious charging call, gets dunked on. um, And then. Something happens where there's a there's a what we call a held ball, and I don't know who the basketball consultants were on this movie, but the held ball goes on for about I don't know forty five seconds without a whistle yeah. being blown. Eventually, and it's it's between Scott and this big. Uh, it's the bully of the film. Yeah, the, the bully, the guy Mitch who's McAllister. the guy who's meant to be the bully. He's called Mitch McAllister. I looked him up. He's played by a dude called called Mark Arnold. This he was born in 1957. This movie came out in 1985, <laughs> so he would have been 27 <laughs> years old when they shot it. He looked 35. Like you, I'm you could get like a youngish looking 27 year old guy. They did not do that. 
Um, but but some. But every, but every '80s high school movie had to have a bully That's until right. it became uncool for uh, to bully. All the '80s high school movies had boys, and he was the boy. And Mick. I will I will give this movie credit. They called the fat guy uh, Chubb yeah. when typically in the '80s. You called the guy the opposite of what he was. Like, <laughs> slim. Surprising, call him tiny. Yeah, or yeah, or slim, or, or skinny, or something. They actually call the fat guy Chubb. And it it's was interesting. Funny. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, Chubb also at least thirty three years old. Like, didn't look young at all. Um, didn't look like a basketball player yeah. either. But d- during the held ball, eventually. Michael J. Fox, Scotty Howard is able to free the ball by growling at Mick and Mick's a bit startled as is Scotty. You could tell he'd never done that before. Then he heads the other way with the ball in his patented head down dribbling style that you're going to see a lot of in this movie. Usually the better, if you watch any kind of organized basketball, usually the better players you'll see (laughs) are going to be looking at the ball the entire time, watching it bounce off the floor while they dribble. dribble. It's just a, it's just an innate ability that they have. Um, He goes down to make some of all the, of all the things they, they cut corners on, by the way, you know, they're looking to save money, obviously. And by all, all, um, by all accounts, it was a rush job. Um, they couldn't even get like a free, I couldn't even get a guy that would be like, Hey man, it'd be kind of cool to work on a movie. I'll do it for free. Yeah. No kind of a basketball advisor on the, on the set. No. Nothing to be, nothing to be like, Hey, hold up a second. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is just wrong. Like the director's like, I caught a couple episodes of the white shadow. We should be good. I mean, right. yes. Anybody that's seen any kind of basketball would have some advice where they could just easily have fixed a few things. Um, so the game ends and it's a big bummer. It's, they lose something like 71 to 12. Then they're, then they're in the showers and, um, Chubb, there's a smell emanating from Chubb's locker and, in a very, very hilarious sequence, Michael, J., uh, Scotty goes over to Chubb's locker and there's all manner of food in there, chips and sandwiches. But because I don't know if you get it, Chubb's real fat. So he eat, yeah. he eats a he lot eats of food. Lot. Yeah. And he smells. Um yeah, and then then we're but luckily in the shower slash locker room scene, for some reason both teams are showering and in the same locker room together, which is kind of weird. Um Well, and they also share a shower with um with this massively sculpted tall black guy that's in the shower, but for some reason, he chose not to go out for either basketball no, team. No, he, that's Lemonade. He's on the dragon. Oh, Lem- Lemonade, Lemonade was on the dragon? he's still wearing the goggles in yeah. the shower. Yeah, he's got his goggles oh, okay. on. He's the only black guy in the movie. And we're introduced to the fantastic character style. But they both go to the same school? No. I mean, they all go to the same school. The dragons and the beavers? No, it's t- yeah. it's two different schools. They uh, but they share shower the together. dances and they play each other on in, in the shower exactly. together. Exactly. Okay, it's gotcha. a little confusing. Um, this is where we meet the... Uh, Scotty, the wolf's sidekick, Styles. He again, not a young man. I looked him up. His name's Jerry Levine. Born March twelfth, nineteen fifty-seven. So he would have been twenty-eight when this movie came out. And again, <laughs> not a young-looking twenty-eight. Not a high school-looking twenty-eight. A a thirty-five. Like a later, he goes. He attempts to buy beer at a liquor store. And he easily would have been sold beer. Like there's no, there would never have been like, any question. Like not carded kind of thing. Yes, he not. never, never would have been carded. 
Um, Styles, it's kind of he's kind of like a, to me. He was like a uh, mixture of like every character Andrew McCarthy played combined with Damone from Fast Times. Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah, he's very yeah. he's on the make. He rolls in. He's saying what's up to the other team. As a matter of fact, he rolls over to um, Lemonade and he and he says, and I quote, "Lemonade, my man, what it is." <laughs> Also, what they just they just let people in the showers. Yeah, just, Not only is it hey, weird no. that the home and away are together, now we got home and away and just randos. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very weird. Um, you you can see Scotty's conflicted. He doesn't know. He's got a chest patch growing in, which he's kind of weirded out by. He goes and has a chat with Coach Finstock in his office. Um, it's a pretty, it's one of the two best scenes, both featuring coach Finstock in this movie. He has a talk with him. Coach Finstock is eating. He's always eating. He's eating a bucket of, it's actually a box of Kentucky fried chicken. And, but he's also chewing gum at the same time. And isn't he also shaving with a plug in electric? Yeah, he's also, yes, he's like, He's also shaving. Scotty wants some advice, but Coach Finstock is can't help his him out. This clearly says no students allowed in it, too. Yeah, his, his, <laughs> and he's he can't really offer much advice because the IRS is on his ass. He's got he's got a calendar in the background with like dates marked. It's the Santa Anita race yes, track. Yes, the Santa Anita racetrack. That's exactly right. Uh, so there is, yeah, there is, um, he, he's not much help. Scotty's looking for advice. He's going through something. Then he's walking home with his tomboyish friend, Boof. Interesting name. I don't know. Um, obviously as Jason said, they had a short amount of time to write this picture. Um, Boof is Scotty's childhood friend. And just like every other, um, kind of 80s and 90s teenage flick like the supposed unattractive woman is pretty hot like from the get-go i'm attracted to Boof. 100 i'm glad you said that 100 percent agree okay boof she's got a bad haircut but it's the 80s and stop yeah it's she's of the time she yeah she's of the time but if you if you can just get past that and they dress her down but boof can straight up get it like there is no question about it there it's kind of like it's kind of like when they put um glasses on that rachel lee cook cook, and then they took the glasses off and she was super hot she was super hot with the glasses like they're trying they're trying to do that to this booth to make her seem like the tomboyish like he wouldn't be interested and i agree with jason and ed she is uh pretty good looking can we can we back up one last sure. thing for the Finstock? So when he goes in for advice to, to Finstock and he's saying he's thinking about leaving the team and Finstock just tells him like this story of somebody else uh, who was considering and he was poor and he needed to get a job. And he's like, well, what happened to the kid? And he's like, oh, he's third string. Right? You're first string. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> just totally, just totally shits on the, uh, the third stringer. Yeah, he's like, he's oh, like, I don't know. He quit. <laughs> And you have a job. Your old man owns a hardware store. I should be asking you for money. Yeah. Like what? Imagine how unskilled a third stringer at that school would be. Oh man. Uh, like he must yeah. be barely able to walk. Yeah, I mean Scotty Scotty was so bad. Chubb was a starter. Chubb played heavy minutes. Like Chubb was yeah, out there for the whole game. Heavily on a guy 
who had very low mobility or I don't think <laughs> yeah. he made shots until like very end. Yeah. Till the very end. Uh, yeah. He would just kind of camp out there like right around the top of the key at the, at the elbow area. Um, he wasn't, and which is weird because Chubb had a big body. You figure he yeah, could he go would, down below he, and get you a few rebounds. A space eater. Yeah, Something. exactly. Um, they end up at, uh, uh, oh, um, Scotty's got to go to work. His dad owns a hardware store and he's there, you know, counting the wrenches and stuff. When all of a sudden there's a piercing noise and he looks down an aisle and there's a kid blowing a whistle and it's driving him crazy. So he runs over and he whacks the kid on the back of the head and the, and the whistle comes out of the kid's mouth and he looks at it and he goes, dog whistle. Now a couple, a couple issues here. First of all, whistle boy, RIP. I saw that on, I, I clicked the information on the side of the Amazon. Oh yeah. And the, whoever the kid was that played whistle boy, he's fucking dead. He was, he played a prick, like a, a dickhead kid. A, a lot of stuff. I yeah, feel like. Yeah. He was, he was in a lot of movies, but not anymore. Cause he died. Uh, but also we late not to give too much away. We later learn that this being a werewolf is an inherited trait that Scotty shares with his dad. And yet he's standing right next to his dad when the dog whistles going off and it doesn't affect the dad at all. Shouldn't he have noticed? Good point. Yeah, he, Good point. He should have looked around. Um, so that's going on. Um, Scotty's got to make a delivery from the hardware store to the school where he runs into assistant principal Thorne, who like in all movies, um, has some unreasonable disdain for just a normal kid at the school, Scott Howard. Uh, He doesn't like him. Um, By the way, by the way, um, I I looked up the guy, Carl Steven was the name of the actor. Also dead. Like whistle boy. The whistle boy. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he became addicted to prescription meds after a tonsillectomy and got hooked on H and uh, was sentenced to 13 years in prison and died after an armed robbery and died of a heroin overdose in prison. In so, the joint! Oh, wait. In the joint. Way to so bring it on the show, He was Ed, overdosing geez. on toilet wine. Man, that is awful. Not good. Yeah, uh, really. Um, there's a, there's, he goes, Scotty ends up at the school play practice where we're introduced to Pamela, who's, you could tell she's supposed to be the school hottie. And I got to be honest, pretty impressed with Scotty's game here. Like Pamela's not having it, but Scotty's like, Hey, you going to the party tonight or what? And she's like, Oh yeah, I might be. And he's like, you should come with me. I got a van. Like he's, he doesn't like his presentation isn't great, but he's going for it. Right? Like a lot of guys wouldn't be hitting up the super hot chick when you're five, three and you're on the shittiest basketball team in the league. Right? No, he took a shot, and the uh, went for it. They uh, did you confirm whether or not the um, that same van was used by Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs? Was, it was <laughs> that kind of van? There, you help me move my car. Yes, it is. It's it's like that. It's like a Chevy cargo van. Um, also, then um, it turns out Pamela is her boyfriend shows up, and it. Of course, her boyfriend is Mick, the bully from the Dragons earlier, featured earlier in the basketball scene. And Mick, he's got a pretty sick line. He he 
takes Pamela away from her interaction with Scotty. And he's, and do you guys have the line? Cause I have it here. No, no he, he says, hope your hardware. Oh, cause he's standing there like holding paint and stuff. He's got stuff mm-hmm. from the hardware store. And, he's got like curtains. Yeah. And Mick goes, hope your hardware is a lot better than your hook shot. Now, oh. if anything, if anything, Michael J. Fox, Scotty, I mean, he's the point guard. He's the littlest guy on the floor. Yeah. Is is he shooting a lot of hooks? That might be the problem, why they only had 12 points. (laughs) I mean, I didn't see him shoot a single hook. And if I was Finstock, I'd put him directly on the bench the first time he ever tried one because that thing's for sure getting blocked. I think Chubb went full skyhook at the end. He does later. He later in the movie. Spoiler alert. If I'm gonna do if I'm gonna do a rewrite, it should have been like this. It should have been Hey, I hope you're better with the hardware than you are on the hard wood. See, that's better. That's better. Yes. That's much better. Yeah. Keep in mind, Jason, they didn't have much time. Granted you came that came up with that in fourteen seconds, yeah. but they only had what, fourteen days? These, uh, it was a, it was one take and move on. These were not big hoop fans. These writers, J. I, I don't imagine many people that spell it Jeff J E P H were particularly well versed in the in the game of basketball. Um, next right. scene, we're at the liquor store. Styles, who's always gaming, he's trying to get a keg. He's announced to Scotty that they're not going to let him into the party unless he shows up with a keg. Um, so Styles is trying to pl- pull this move that we used to do with my buddy Steve, where my buddy Steve wouldn't um, wouldn't shave for a couple days before the weekend, and then he'd put on some sunglasses and like he put on mirrored sunglasses. Yes, similar. Yeah, and then he would do exact <laughs> he would do exactly this move where he'd put on uh, he'd like mess his hair up and he'd like look like he just got off a construction site, and then he'd go into a liquor store and grab a couple twelve packs and be like, yeah. Just got off work at the plant. Oh man, just, they're they're working us twelves over there. It's just kicking our ass. And then he would be able to buy beer with an older vibe. <laughs> and Styles tries the same move, except he's he claims he's getting beer for the boys down at the gravel pit. Right. <laughs> I know. I don't feel like there's many gravel pits in the, in this small town, but yeah. uh, either way, it doesn't work. And he calls the uh, he calls his water cash bread. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't hear yeah, that anymore. That's he's a very got plenty of bread. Yeah, he, he tries to he tries to bribe old man Comstock. It just doesn't work. He doesn't he do, doesn't allow him to buy the keg of beer. I remember that there there was we would um in my early teenage drinking years yep. we would go down to Seven Eleven and just pitch guys going in yeah. older guys to. Buy us the beer for an extra five or ten it's called, bucks. It's called pimping, and you would always get a, a one of a, a you know quote unquote cool dude to do it. Yeah, and I'm yeah. thinking for that extra ten bucks, you're risking uh, a, a major arrest and yeah, contributing to a minor. Yeah, that not very responsible. We always found somebody okay. though. Okay, can I? I have two personal stories. Do you guys? Do you guys want to hear two personal the, shoulder tapping sure. stories? The either. Either involve uh, Professor Shoop, right? Didn't he get arrested for that in summer school? Oh yeah, that he right? did. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a a buddy of mine that did happen to him. He was walking into a liquor store and some kid hit him up and was like, "Hey, can you get me a forty? 
and he wa- oh, he's man. like sure and he and he like didn't even think Entrapment. of it yeah he went in and Ugh. bought the kid a 40 and the dude was a fucking cop an oh, actual cop and he got like he had to do community service secondly this is a personal story i was about 16 years old i think i was i might have been 15 we're sitting outside 7-eleven and seven, you see smaller liquor stores are the better play for getting beer bought for you because they're usually not as brightly lit they're not on main thoroughfares but we're sitting outside this 7-eleven i got a couple buddies that were with me that will remember this story they don't listen but if they did they'd remember we're sitting on our skateboards and these kind of like shadier looking bigger dudes come up and they're you know like maybe in their early 30s we hit them up we're like hey can you get us a suitcase this is back in the days of suitcases 20, 20 silver bullet 24 is a 24 pack back then we were drinking miller genuine draft i remember it very well and we gave them the money and they go in and they come back and they're like hey it's actually we need like more money and we're like oh that's kind of weird i feel like we gave them enough money <laughs> so we give them like a little more money and then they go in the store and these two these dudes are big dudes they literally could have just walked away from us and told us to fuck off but they made a play like they were going to buy the beer they go inside the store and then like one minute later, they come running out and they have like their girlfriend like revving the engine and they jump in the car and like peel out and take oh. off. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, well, we're fucked. There goes our 20 bucks. A buddy of mine who was known to be fearless chases these PCP addicts, <laughs> wings his skateboard at their vehicle and shatters the rear windshield at which point they slam on the brakes open the trunk one guy grabs a tire iron the other guy grabs a hammer and they start chasing my buddy he runs into the 7-eleven and jumps behind the counter and they're like chasing him around like it's like it's a, a laurel and hardy movie eventually <laughs> he gets past him and runs out of the 7-Eleven and into like a neighborhood and jumps and hides in somebody's backyard in their bushes to avoid wow. him. Yeah, it was a pretty gnarly. I, I just ran. Like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't and looking to be had, a hero. They kept your cash and there was no alcohol. Yeah, but, the, yeah, but we fucked up their car. Uh, okay. That was an aside. That was, that was a, that is not the best uh, broadcasting thing to do is tell a personal story when you're in the middle of something. Uh, but I thought it was That worth was a it. fun story. I thought it was worth it. Um, who else was it? Who else was with them? At the uh, in the parking lot outside the liquor store. Oh yeah. Oh. So Styles comes out and sitting in his car, shotgun is none other than Rick Kane from North Shore, the one and only. Jason Stewart, are you familiar with North Shore? Rick Kane? <laughs> no, that's not my thing. You don't. You've never seen North, North Shore. Shore. Matt Adler, come on. I, pro- I probably Turtle? did see it what, once, but I didn't get into what it. What about Big Wednesday? He was also in Big Wednesday. No, that actor did not ring any bells. Oh, you know who he's married to? Oh yeah, he's uh-huh. married to the um to from, from uh, the David Spade show. Uh, Just shoot me. Yeah, and she was she was also um, Julia ah. Roberts' hooker buddy in in that's right. Pretty Laura San Giacomo. Yeah. Uh, just looked her up from Hoboken, uh, New Jersey. So, there you go. Oh, there you go. So as I'm watching the movie, I look, I go, oh, there's Rick Kane. And I go, you know what? Rick Kane looks like he could be in high school in this movie. So I looked it up and he 
is born. Hold on. I have the date here somewhere. December 8th, 1966. So he would have been 19 or roughly high school age when this movie came out. And yet a full decade younger than everyone else in the movie. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Styles. Styles buying liquor while he's in the car. That's a no-no. Very strange. Um, so then Styles shows up. Scotty's having dinner with his dad. Turns out Scotty's mom is dead, which, ha- you know, it's like Bambi. Like, that's always going on in these Did kind they of see why or they just kind of... Yeah, they just gloss over. It's just they allude to, oh, back when your mom was around, that kind of thing, when your mom was still here. Um, you know, it's Wait a second. Yeah. Wait, he has dinner with her. I thought they go to the party with, with the booze, right? No, no? hold on. He's at first, oh. he's no. this, he doesn't have the booze yet. So they pick up. So Scott right, right, right. Styles shows up and he picks up, he comes over the back shoulder of Mr. Howard, grabs something off his plate and then flips it up in the air. Like he would a grape and catches it in the mouth. And he's like, Hey, how's the old nuts and bolts business or something? He's like, acts all cool. Right. He's that guy. Help way too at home. Yeah. It's, if I if one of my son's friends just started popping grapes and talking shit, I'd be like, get this fucking kid out of here. Yeah, super yeah, for sure. <laughs> like my parents wouldn't allow that guy in the house. You're a little too at home here, Styles. So they um so they bounce, they're heading to the party, and but before they leave, uh, you know, Scotty's having some problems and he's like scratching his neck. And he's like, hey, uh, and this is a weird question to ask a buddy. Hey, uh, hey, Styles, have you heard about a, some kind of rash that's going around? <laughs> to which. That's, that's that Vegas <laughs> newscaster we were reading about. Right, to which Styles replies, no, but I know Mr. Mur- Murphy, the shop teacher, got his dick caught in the vacuum cleaner. Whoa. <laughs> it's not really. I just. Where'd that come from? It's out of nowhere. That is a delight. Yeah, so they head back to the liquor store. They're but, all, but let's yeah. get back to that joke. Like, totally. I, I just feel like there was there was something that was edited out or something. It was a complete non sequitur. Yeah. <laughs> what did Rash have to do with dick in a vacuum? And then he's like, then he just kind of plays it off. Like, I know that was really funny, but we got to get to some serious business. Like, I didn't, I don't understand that joke at all. It didn't make any sense. No, it was had nothing to do with the rash. And also, he's like, "Hey, you know, Mister Murphy, the shop teacher. Like, you could just say Mister Murphy. Like, you guys go to the same school. Are there several Mister Murphys? Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't think you had to qualify the shop teacher. Uh, anyway, they head back to the liquor store, and now Styles has a new idea. They're gonna rob it for a keg of beer. He gives Scotty a squirt gun, and he's like, "Just put it in your pocket." In which case, why would you need the squirt gun? You could just say, hey, I have a gun or just use your finger or something. But um, he gives him a squirt gun and he's like, hey, go in there and, and rob the liquor store of a of a keg of beer, but just pay for it. And then but then you won't go to jail for um, armed robbery, which does, doesn't yeah. seem like a great plan. Like, I don't feel like had scotty gone through with it that the cops would have seen it the same way am i am i wrong there yeah i think styles is not doing any sort of pre-law studies right now because needs some work he definitely didn't think that went through yeah but i mean think yeah think about this like he says i've already gone in there so he's gonna notice me go in and and just try to rob the rob the guy without needing right he'll just give you the uh 
give you the beer and you'll pay him. So it's not robbery. And I'm thinking to myself, um, at, at what juncture was this supposed to work? At what juncture was, was this plan supposed to come to fruition? And how was that exchange going to work? Right. He didn't think it. No, through. but think, think, think about it. Think yeah. about it. No, I, I'm with you. What, what was, what was Styles plan that, that Michael J. Fox would show the gun through the sweatshirt and then the guy would say, okay, take the beer. And then at some point, Michael J. Fox would just give him the money and walk out and there wouldn't be any issues. Keg of beer is pretty heavy. It's not really a one-man operation to carry. Certainly not one of his size. No, definitely not. Maybe if he were Magnus Ver Magnuson, that'd be a different story. (laughs) I I bet Chud. I bet Chubb could swing it. Maybe, but it's lemonade. Maybe it might. It might. Might help if you had a a dolly or a hand truck of some sort. I don't. I don't. I just don't feel like he was carrying a keg of beer out by himself. But alas, he did because first, old man clerk, as he's billed in the movie is kind of a dick. Like he at, he's like, Hey, I want to buy a keg of beer. Here's the money. And old man clerk is like, you little bastards come in here. Think you're going to buy some beer. And he like has a, an unusually harsh reaction where he would probably be like, sorry, you don't have ID like, you know, beat it or whatever. Um, but Scotty responds with his like wolf, you know, he gets his ire up a little bit. Yeah, his eyes glow, and and he's got like a deep, like a demon voice, and he goes, "Get me a keg of beer," and then he and then he's like, "Okay, okay, I'll get you the beer." Now, why wouldn't he just run out of the back of the store screaming and call the police? He goes and gets him a right, keg right. of beer. That's crazy. But, um, I yes. got, I have an actor question for uh, for Jason. You've you've been in different parts. What do you think of? having a part named what is it old man clerk wouldn't it be better if the games the, the guy's name is like mr horton yeah mr. You could, just give him a name like was, you could was have the official was he officially in the credits as old man clerk yeah yeah old man clerk he has he ha- and he has multiple scenes too and also that's right because he turns him down yeah why i don't know why do they do that for when i look at the credits sometimes also not, not he wasn't that old like if you looked, if you looked at him when he's calling him a bastard and stuff, you look him in the face. You're like, wait, this guy's not that fucking old. I mean, I know everyone looked old as fuck back then, but he was probably like late fifties. Wasn't a super old dude. But those, those, uh, those, uh, I guess those credits when they call people that, it's typically like fleeting, uh, maybe like one line roles or no lines at all. He he had a significant chunk of the movie. It should yeah, it should have had a name, uh, and and then maybe a description in parentheses or something. Jason Stewart, master thespian, he would know. He was yeah, he was in his late fifties. Yeah, see, old man clerk. <laughs> old man clerk. Um. So what else? Uh, so they get the beer. Could, could we point out that we're, we're still kind of. I still don't quite know what kind of a movie this is Um, because they're not really going too hard on the wolf thing. There's not much of a backstory yet. There's, there's no, I mean, 
I think it wants to be a high school, a teenage movie, like a party movie. Yeah. It kind of wants to be a sports movie. And they're going, they're really halfway in on the werewolf thing. And I feel like they never quite commit even at the, I mean, by the end of the movie, you're just like, they just kind of half-heartedly did this werewolf thing. So at, at this juncture of the movie, I still don't quite know where we're going. It's ac- actually true that the the werewolf part isn't like a big thing in the movie. I mean, it is, it is and it isn't. Like it kind of shows up and then it goes away and it's like not really a big deal. I don't know. We can, we can get more into that. It fucks. Yeah. It fucks. Yeah. That's important. That's true. That is important. That is very, that is very important. <laughs> Um, well, now this is this this is the type of scene because we know with the program this didn't go over well. This type of scene would have led to deaths and outrage and censorship. Oh yeah, scene. A hundred. I, I, I mean, I was too. I was too young. There could have been stories where people died doing this. A hundred percent. If it happened today, this scene no, would have to be taken out. I'm pretty sure somebody at my high school either died or was maimed, or it was like during high school, somebody from another high school that happened to where they fell off the top of a car while car, car surfing. And Isn't this how uh, the old Bengals receiver Chris Henry died? That's right. That's right. Except what? he was chasing a baby right. mama at the time, I believe. He was in the back of a truck. Yeah. One man's baby mama chases another man's surfing. And turns out when they did the autopsy on him, severe, severe CTE uh, brain damage, like uh, pretty much every football player that's ever played. Uh, he went to West Virginia. You're not sure right. how much is just yeah. atrophied. That's brain. true. That's true. true. Um, yeah. So they – so before that happens though, a, a, a notable issue for me is – Styles picks up Scotty for the party. He comes in his house. He's like, "Hey, Mister Nuts and Bolts, I'm here to get your son. We're out of here." Then they leave, and then they get the beer, and then they're headed to the party. They're driving separately. This Styles is driving his own car, and Scotty is driving the hardware store van with Lewis Rick Kane from North Shore sitting shotgun with. What was the reason for the yeah. pickup? And it's not definitely three people could could uh, in, in both cars. In both <laughs> cars, you could all ride together. So, what about the fact that Styles um, is constantly standing up and driving? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. anybody in high school with a convertible that stood up while he drove. And then, when, and then he gets then he gets the Wolf Mobile and he's standing while driving. That that's a, right. That's a good point. Uh, so yeah, Styles decides, surfs up. He makes Lewis drive his car. Hey, you drive the Nova, and Lewis is like, I don't even have a license. And he's like, just drive, just go drive. And then Scotty drives the hardware store van while Styles surfs on the roof of the van. And I have to be honest, not a lot to gain from this move, right? Like, doesn't look very cool. Oh, and also you could second. die. I do like when they pull up at the party. He's in the uh the very relaxed like Burt Reynolds in Playgirl pose as they pull up to the party. It's a pretty boss move. Yeah. Then he slides down the hood. That is and he's looking pretty cool. Looking cool. Okay. Pretty cool. Then he that. grabs the keg. Then he grabs the keg and falls over and he's not cool oh. again. I'll give him that. Um they roll into the party and of course there's at this like- party this party ruined uh 
a lot of high school for me. Yeah, because I really thought when I got older, I, well, I saw this movie when I was like nine. Me too. I was thinking, God, high school is going to be crazy. Totally, because they roll in, and first of all, they're like, "Yeah, put your keg over there with the um the other seventy kegs," and then they toss them. There's a whole pile of kegs, and they toss it over there like like it's empty, like it's not full of beer, which is a little annoying. But then the party's going off. There's like practically nude whipped cream wrestling between, quote, high school girls. Like no one looks like they're in high school, but they're all supposed to be in high school. Everyone looks really old. Um, Then they do like a seven minutes in heaven type thing or two minutes in the closet where Boof, Pamela, draw. they're drawing names. And Pamela draws Scott's name, and she's got, well, she wants nothing to do with Scott. So it's Boof's turn, and she just announces that she drew Scott's name because nobody's going to question it because she wants a little of that ass. They go in the they go in the closet, and even though they're best friends, they start kind of making out. And then Scott kind of when he gets a little horny, gets a little horned up, he starts to wolf out. And he basically tries to date rape her. And she's like, Scotty, your nails, because he's got wolf claws digging into her back. I feel like that would have been a major trauma and should have been a turning point for the movie. But it just gets brushed aside. Did anybody else find that weird? That's true. Does that mean he can't control, which means when he gets sexual as the wolf, he can't help but claw and act like vicious. Or rip out your jugular. Like he's slamming yeah. you, he's slamming you, and he goes fucking right for the carotid and just, and you're fucking bleeding out. Like the, these wolves are killers; they're monsters. So Have it's it's obviously that? he's in the closet with a lifelong friend. Uh, she finally gets him alone and starts making out with the guy. He gets so aggressive and violent that she slaps him. But then, to your point. After they open the door to expose what's going on with the couple in the closet, she like has a smile on her face, walks out seductively with totally. with sex hair. Yeah, her hair's on that And a scratch in her back. <laughs> and the the episode in the closet is never mentioned again. Totally. Between them. Yeah, like, hey Scott, remember again. when you tried to rape me yes. or murder yeah. me? He, he, he had and t- by the way, the background at this party, they look like the parents of the basketball team. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. there are a lot of old looking people. Yeah, everyone there is super old. Um, yeah, Scott tries to date rate Boof. It's brushed aside. And then, but Scott's not feeling right. So he heads home in the van and he's like, fuck, he's like bouncing off the walls and he's like sweating and all sorts of shit. And he goes in the bathroom and all of a sudden, like the nails, the claws are coming out. And it's, it's like that 80s. It's not only is it 80s level special effects but it's low budge 80s yeah, but hang on we yeah. got to go back to the party because not, the weird thing was styles showed up and really needed a keg so he would look cool at the party right right and then they were there for five minutes and styles is running at like a sex ring yeah right. yeah he's, he yeah. ran the whole thing yeah yeah he's putting him in the closet he's setting up the uh mud or the whipped cream wrestling he's put pouring jello down a chick shirt like he he goes from zero to a hundred right. right away. And he wasn't even going to be allowed at the party unless he showed up with a keg. And then he was basically the hit of the party. Like there would have been yeah. nothing happening at that party All if right. Styles didn't get it started. Yeah. There, there were about nine Me Too movements, uh, moments 
at that party <laughs> orchestrated by Styles. Totally. Hey, let's take Chubb. Chubb, why don't you eat the Jello out of uh, some hot chicks shirt? Totally. I um, I get the feeling if Chubb ran for the Supreme Court one day, that party there would be no witnesses. Like yeah. beer. <laughs> Um, I particularly liked the whipped cream wrestling, although whipped cream so sticky and gross after like two seconds. Like if it gets on your skin, yeah. it's disgusting. I would have preferred oil wrestling like one of my favorite websites, Lubed. Jason Stewart, are you familiar with the yes. website Lubed? There's a, it's not really all dedicated oh. to lube. Oh yeah, I would. I would definitely like if you're into that kind of thing. I would look up lubed. Wait a minute on the internet. You're saying a website lubed is dedicated to all things lubed. Yeah, there's they're very there's young ladies. That's a a subtle title. they're, they're, They're young ladies that are very well lubricated on the website lubed. Which, All right. which I would suggest you go on. Uh, okay, so yeah, Scott becomes the wolf. It's terrifying. It's in in the same way that uh, American Werewolf in London is terrifying. Except like it's much worse. Yeah, it's like it's not well done, but it's legitimately Ugh. scary because it was of a time. You don't agree, Jason? I just think it was. I mean, looking back, I guess you, you look at the prism of 1985. I guess the special effects were great, but. It's just, it's so bad. I just remember the American Werewolf in London being like state of the art and, you know, something that was groundbreaking. And this was just like half-assed, I thought. I think what, what that had going for it was there, it was in darkness. Scott was changing in a well-lit bathroom. Yeah. So they could have, they could have made it in his backyard as he was running home to make it look a little better. The transition. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, I was freaked out by it. He was all sweaty. And then he comes out of the bathroom and he's like, dad, I don't think you're going to understand. And he opens the door and he looks like a freaky fucking wolf. And there's his dad and his dad's kind of like a teddy bear wolf. Yeah. Like a lame looking wolf. Like yeah. Not scary. With his glasses on. Yeah. With his, I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought wolves had perfect eyesight. Why does yes. he have glasses? Right. On? Well, I think they rely on their sense of smell more. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the dad's like, the dad's like, well, I was going to tell you before. And it's like, I feel like, um, that's a conversation you have. And he's like, I hoped it was going to skip a generation, but maybe you just be like, Hey, listen, this might happen to you. Look at me right now. I'm a fucking wolf. Okay. Just in case be prepared. This is going to happen to you. Like, I, I, I don't think he did his uh, best Harold Howard. I don't think did his best job as a dad there. Um, what else? Oh, Scott's going to school. He's having problems at school. He can't really focus. Like everything's about wolves. He can't really pay attention. Styles is wearing one of his signature shirts. Jason, do you happen to remember what it said? Um, I don't remember that one. I remember the one before life sucks and you die or something. Yeah. He's the, the, the shirt he's wearing in school says, what are you looking at? Dick nose. Dick nose. <laughs> I kind of want yeah. that shirt. That's a great one. I kind of. I feel like we should make. I had a friend. A friend who got that one. That's all. You can get that on the internet. Oh yeah. What are you looking at, Dick nose? Pretty good. I have the shirt. Uh, I have a shirt that says Dragons Twenty Five, 
McAllister on the back. Oh, that's no, pretty you sweet. Don't. That's pretty sweet. I do. You <laughs> do? Well, you <laughs> say, actually. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty sweet shirt. Uh, okay. Um, so Scott's like having problems and he wants to talk to, he's talking to Styles about it. Styles is looking for his brother's weed in the garage, which is a, which is something that we all did in high school. And uh, he's like, Styles is like looking around and he's like, I gotta, t-. um, Scotty's like, I gotta tell you something, man. And then of course, Scott, Scott well, Styles. Before he goes to the garage, he has the incident with the principal. Right. Mr. Uh, Thorne. Mr. Thorne and somebody is is writing shit about Thorne on like the bathroom oh, mirrors. Yeah, yeah well, that was a big eighties move too. Totally. Yeah. He asked him to like see, fast times. Yeah. Same thing. He asked him to see his hands and he's worried that his hands are gonna be wolf hands, but when he opens them up, they're just his little teeny Canadian hands. And then he's like, <laughs> Do you have do you happen to have a marker on you? And he's like, No, I don't have a fucking marker. And uh and so, yeah, he thought he'd been tagging, which was apparently a thing in the eighties. Um, but then they, then they show up at, then they're in Styles' garage, and Scott's like, "I want to talk to you about Styles." And Styles' number one concern, and again, in the Me Too era and the modern era of, of public correctness, um, you can't, you can't do this. But Styles' number one worry is that Scott might be a quote fag. Yeah. Did he, wait, he said, I don't yeah. remember. Very, he's like, very delicate. He's like, you're not a fag, are you? <laughs> it's, oh, no. Just, well, yeah. But then. questions. What? Why was Styles hiding his weed in Scott's garage? No, it was his brother's weed. It was Styles' garage. He was looking oh, for his Styles. brother's weed. And so. And why did Styles have a uh, a sled in his backyard if they lived in California? Right. No, they live in Oregon. The. Um, the the garage is real messy. I don't know why you would hide weed in such a messy garage. Definitely not that, not like under like um, sleeping bags and sleds and stuff, but styles has his back to, and this is a, this is an odd turn. And so you guys let me know if this struck you as odd styles while he's looking for the weed has his back to Scott. And he's like, man, styles, I want to talk to you about this. I'm going through something. I'm having a hard time. And styles is like, you're not a fag, are you? And, it, and stop. And Scott's like, no, I'm not, a, I'm not a fag. And then styles turns around and Scott has become a baby killing half man, half wolf. And styles, not only, well, at least he's not a fag. Yeah, not only is not alarmed that his friend has become a wolf man, but he's relieved that he's not a fag. Right. He's like, oh, which, oh, just a wolf. What? Which kind of begins the um, the uh, ongoing narrative of people seeing him become a werewolf and being relatively unfazed. Like yeah. when he becomes the werewolf on the basketball court coming up. That's coming the up. Crowd, the crowd has maybe a half second of mild surprise. Well, he, he, imme- it's like, okay, let's win now. He immediately breaks away. Okay, hold on. I don't want to jump ahead. Right. Um, and then styles immediately wants to monetize it. Styles is a thinker. I feel like he went on to do like yeah. some penny stock schemes or he, he got something. Yeah. Going. But, he worked for Jordan Belfort. Yeah, sure. Cause he's, he turns around and he goes, Oh, can you do this all the time? Like, can you do this whenever you want? He's immediately yeah. thinking of ways he can make money off this wolfing. Um, then S- Scott goes home 
And it's not strange at all that his dad is in the backyard playing a little one-on-one with Boof. Ugh, it's just a weird scene. Just gotta, just yeah, a, and the dad is in a tucked-in dress shirt yeah. playing basketball, and Boof's jeans are up around her nipples. Yes, yeah, it was, it's, it was a, the era. That's a tough, yeah, it's a tough look. Nothing worse, nothing worse than than having to do a sweaty activity and having the wrong garments. Yeah, on. it's really the. There worst. would always be that weird exchange student in high school who would be playing basketball in jeans. Yeah, worse. Like, what's with this guy? Dude, like balls get all sweaty. It's the worst. Yes, Jason? I will say this: if they were trying to go for it, they they did pretty well. And like, you see where Michael J. Fox got his basketball skills from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this yeah, guy's just a I think atrocious. backing him down. Oh, yeah. Boof, Boof's working him. She's backing him down. She's doing a little turnaround fadeaway on him. Like, she's owning him. Um, then, so then it's, it's the next game, the next basketball game for the Beavers. And, and Coach Finstock's eating a hard-boiled egg yeah, Coach, as, yeah. as he's talking. Coach Finstock's eating multiple hard-boiled eggs at one point. He asks his his assistant, like the team manager, he's like, "Hey, give me some salt." <laughs> like they're sitting on the bench, and he's like, "Give me some salt." And the team manager <laughs> just looks at him, and he's like, <laughs> "And Coach Finstock like looks him in the face and goes, salt." <laughs> and, the, and the guy heads <laughs> off to find him some salt for his hard boiled eggs. Uh, and back back to what you were saying about his confidence in asking Pamela out a couple times, and she was shitty to him both times, but he kept going. She showed up at his game. Yes, she was there. She Remember, was... Mick was not playing. Mick showed up, like, searching for Pamela. But yeah. he was playing another team when he went Wolf. Yeah, and the team he was playing was equally, like, when he first turns into the Wolf, there's a guy on the other team trying to dribble. And he, the guy, he looked like an alien that had just come from another planet and they handed him a basketball and he didn't know what to do with it and started like throwing it off the ground. The guy had clearly never handled a basketball. Like Jason, normally you're, you're the type of actor that they, that they say is offer only meaning Mm -hmm. you don't audition. They just say, Hey, we want Jason Stewart for this part. Send him the offer. And if he'll do it, then he'll do it. You don't. You don't have to audition, but occasionally, you may have to audition for something. They don't know if they don't know your body of work. And usually, if the you get the sides where they're like, "Here's what's going to happen in the thing you're acting in," and say if the thing is playing basketball, maybe like a week before you went on the audition, you would just go out in the driveway and just like play with the basketball a little bit. You just get kind of used to having a basketball. The basketball players in this movie about basketball didn't seem to to take that practice to heart. They didn't. I don't, I don't even think that. I don't even blame that. To be honest, I look at it this way: these are actors. They're you know mostly theater dorks, yeah, or kids, yeah, child actors yeah, that guys. their their no that their parents took them to auditions, and they just weren't in athletics. You blame the casting for not, at the very least, putting on the uh, offer sheet. You know, you have to have played basketball. Like well, that's they, what the, they they want a requisite 
kind of like base level athleticism, they just completely threw that out the window in this one. Other than other than Mick and Michael J. Fox and Chubb, no, and s- s- Lemonade, sort of. No one does any acting other than hey, you playing could basketball. Just get real basketball. Yeah, play. just get just, you could go, just go to the local JUCO. JUCO, get get the JUCO squad. Get two JUCO squads yeah. out there and have them be the basketball players. The op- the opposite approach is like blue chips, where the real they guys? had basketball actor. I mean, basketball players as actors, and then all the extras were like from the UCLA. Uh, like the Pac-12, like they yeah, just had a right. bunch of basketball players on the court that didn't have any speaking who parts. Could, but this is the opposite of that. Who could remember? Who could forget Matt Nover's star turn when he asks Nick Nolte to buy his dad a tractor? Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate per- recruiting perk. Give me a tractor. Is <laughs> it from Indiana? He's uh, trying yeah. to get a kid out of yeah, Indiana. I mean, Something tells me that movie was written in two weeks as well. Yeah, awesome. um, and also when he, when he becomes the wolf, it's a scrum on the court. He becomes the wolf yep. against the cadets. And then he's, everybody's shocked and he's dribbling in place and the referees still have the whistle in their mouths. Yeah. Uh, no 10 second violation because he's, he's dribbling in place under his own right. basket right. for, Probably twenty seconds, well, what and a, then just what, what about the ten man pileup on the court that caused him to become the wolf? Like the whistle right. would blow no there. Whistle. You can't, right? You can't just get up when you're laying on the ground with the basketball. No. and then the basketball. so every, how it works. everybody's standing around watching him, and he's standing there dribbling, and then he goes coast to coast and two hand dunks it like Dominique Wilkins, and everyone's like. All right, cool. There's a wolf plan. He's immediately a hero. Nobody is freaked Almost, out that there's yeah. a wolf. Well, no one brings attention to the fact that someone just turned into um, an animal on the court. It, no. the, it you would there think is, as mo- as movie makers they would feel responsible to have some some people being frightened, some people being weary, um, but nothing. But nothing. They just accepted it and went right on to basketball. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, Francis Buxton earns his paycheck with some good eyebrow movement as he throws down the dunk. A true, He's like, shall we? Yeah, like <laughs> a true thespian. Like Chubbs, Chubbs is super stoked that they're going to be on a winner. And then immediately the Wolf's dominating. He's stealing the inbound and dunking it. He's making layups. He's going behind the back, and coast to coast. They were clearly it's- rattled after two possessions. Where where's the timeout by the cadets coach? Yes, yes. Right? You'd be like timeout. All right, we got a kind of game plan around this fucking wolf. He he was from the Phil Jackson school of just sitting on your ass and not calling timeout. Just let him work it out. Let him figure it out. So the 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 one guy that they hired that actually had basketball skills was Michael J. Fox's body double. That he yeah. he right. obviously had played before. Right. Yeah. The only person in the movie that that you could see had a lick of basketball athleticism yeah the guy in the wolf suit um the wolf is immediately a hero after this they win big he's getting there he's carried which only happens in movies he's carried by the student body into the pizza place where mick and pamela just happen to be having malts uh, he's, again not, 
not, not only are they not one bit surprised when he becomes the wolf, but they're actually touching him and yes. carrying yes. him. I mean, there's no, <laughs> there's, they just assume he's a lovable guy who turned into a wolf. Right. They should and, be, they should be attacking him with uh, pitchforks and torches. Right. And also how about, how about when they walk in, they see uh, Pamela and Mick already there. They're already eating and unimpressed. If, right. And they were there for the wolf conversion. Do you think after that wolf conversion, would you either go to the police or would you watch to see what happens next? Like, wow, I want to see if he mauls one of the rest. <laughs> but instead, they're like, hey, let's go out and get some French fries and a milkshake. Yeah, let's go, where that, roll our eyes. let's go where that scary fucking wolf is. Uh, but Pamela wants to fuck him. That's why she, why she's there. Yeah, she's she's putting the moves. Uh, suddenly, the director of the school play, Kurt, wants him. in play. Yeah, wants him to be in the play. He Pamela for some reason has a dressing room where she's in her bra and panties in the, the dressing high school room. dressing room. Right yeah. <laughs> in the high school. Um, the uh, uh, Scott heads to. By the, the way, is there anybody else in this play besides her and no. <laughs> Michael J. Fox's part? <laughs> the you can burn my feet. Yes. They're, they're, they're the only two actors. Yeah. He goes. He goes there aren't even like stagehands. <laughs> it's just the director and the two actors. That's a good so point. there are no auditions, or they already had auditions. Right. Uh, uh, he goes to her dressing room. Where she's changing. Um, hold on, I'm making a note of what Jason just said. Well, they're ch- okay. So they're once. so they're changing in the in the dressing room, and like Michael J. Fox from the be- very beginning is blown off his longtime you know, you know brunette friend because he wants to have sex with the blonde. Yeah, and is compla- so eighties. It's complaining that she won't give him the time of day. And why doesn't she even look at me? And the second she does become seductive, he becomes a little pussy. Well, yeah. Like you've been asking for this the entire time. In fact, we just made the comment earlier in the movie that you kind of took your shot and offered to give her a ride to the party. Now she's coming on to you and you become a complete coward. Yeah. Well, he goes, she goes, what, so what makes you um, become a wolf? And I mean, this part's kind of hot. I got to admit, she's like, what makes you become a wolf? And he's like, well, he's like, just, you know, when I get worked up and she's like, what gets you worked up? And then she mounts him and then she wants, she wants to fucking animal. Yeah. 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 It's bestiality. Like she doesn't, and she doesn't want to fuck Scott Howard. She wants to fuck the fucking wolf. And we find out an important detail because they're going at it. Then they show you the principal walk into his car. And what does the the principal learn? He learns he's a loud comer. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. The Team Wolf, Scott Howard, loud he's comer. Loud. He's a very extremely loud comer. Hold on, I, mean, I don't have. He, I don't have that even cued. the loudest of covers. Hold on, even the loudest, you wouldn't hear them from outside of a, a school building wall. But David Spade does not come this loudly. Teen Wolf. Loudcomer. Um, yeah, so he's in the play. He fucks Pamela. And then they go they go bowling. And, of course, Mick is at the bowling alley for some reason. Because Pamela, she wants to make him a little bit jealous. She's like, hey, 
I'm here with the wolf that I'm fucking behind your back in my dressing room. And it's, but my, uh, the wolf, Michael J. Fox, Scott Howard, he thinks he's that they're going out now. Like he's, he's, he falls under the, the same spell that a lot of us do when we get our first piece of ass, doesn't he? <laughs> like he thinks this but, is I mean, a relationship. It, it was kind of odd, right? Because they, yeah, they have sex and then they go to the bowling alley and she's all over him making and out with him. And she's wearing. Stuff. She's wearing his Styles made T-shirt. She's already wearing. Oh yeah, she's got a Teen Wolf T-shirt yeah. on. Yeah, I got to tell you, the first girl I had sex with, she was not wearing merchandise of me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, definitely not. The, but like the, the thing, if if uh, if the boy truly was the boyfriend that she said he was, why was he like five lanes to the left bowling with other people? I don't. I didn't get that dynamic. It at was all. a little weird. It was a little weird. Um, but this is this at this point, I think we learned something in the movie and and I'm not sure this is clear to everybody, but they're at the bowling alley and Mick's like, I'm not afraid of you freak. And it's, it makes sense to me. Like Mick is the only guy in the movie and sort of Lewis, but it's not shown Rick Kane from North shore. Mick is the only one that has a normal reaction to somebody becoming a fucking wolf in high school. Right. And he, yeah. he's actually is my question. To you he's guys, the victim too. Yeah. Is, is Mick the true hero of teen wolf? <laughs> he might be. He might be. Until, was, until he violates the rules under the foul, uh, for the foul. Oh, shot yeah. Don't end. wait. Don't spoiler <laughs> alert. But, uh, but I will, I will say this in the bowling alley, you know, the wolf, Ends up hucking a bowling ball. Where's it go? And Mick is is such a schizophrenic, though. He's still undeterred by the potential mauling and death yeah, that he, he might makes, suffer. Like he, he makes to to cause that. He makes a yo mama wolf joke. Yeah, like how do, how is he so certain that this guy that turned into a wolf won't kill him? Now, hold on, hold on. Walk with me down a road here. Mick says to Scott, the wolf, he goes, I'm not, he goes, I'm not afraid of you freak. He goes, in fact, I knew your mom. I caught her in, I caught her eating my chickens until, and and then he says, and then he says, then I shot her with my shotgun. And then, then he throws the bowling ball. Is it possible? Because Scott's mom was afflicted with this too, as well. Is it possible that Mick actually did kill? Because Scott's mother has passed away. We don't know how she died. Was she killed Ooh. while raiding Mick's chicken coop? Is this is this maybe a, a plot line that got edited down in the movie? A, a direction that they wanted to go that they ended up not going. What are your thoughts? It's such a silly drive-by. It's just a silly drive-by line. Because Why else would it be there? It entailed a backstory and it entailed a resolution. Yes. At no point after the line or before the line was it explained. Did we ever know what happened to the mother? No. No. It was no. only inferred that was, she so was gone. Weird. And we could take it one step further. Was this why Mick was unimpressed? Because he already knew he was Wolf. Yes. He knew his family yes. lineage. 
There's a direction this might have gone that could have made it a much different movie. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. You go Twilight, you go uh, Wolf, you go whatever, whatever werewolf, Dracula uh, plot lines. Like, there's usually some nuance to these stories and like a backstory and you know and 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 them and them wanting to be human and everything else it's like they just half-ass this whole fucking wolf thing in this movie they just that's a great example of them just not going beneath the surface at all uh yeah it, it's it, it was a weird kind of like dead end that that should have been explored further so Scotty's still he's still conflicted like they people love him but they only love him as the wolf and as one does, he's looking for advice in this situation. So he goes to the sage, Coach Finstock, and I happen to have a clip mm-hmm. here because this is the might be one of the single greatest monologues in the history of film. Let's let's hear this exchange between Scott Howard and Coach Bobby Finstock. I get it, Coach. What's that from? Let me give you a little advice. There's three rules that I live by. Never get less than 12 hours sleep. Never play cards with a guy who's got the same first name as a city. And never go near a lady who's got a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Now, you stick with that. Everything else is cream cheese. Great game there, Scotty. Wow. Thanks, Coach. Wow. Amazing. Cream cheese. I think we all never play cards against the guy whose first name is a city. It's a great one. Yeah. You don't play against Vegas. No, Cleveland. Never. Las Cruces. <laughs> Minneapolis. Um, Again, as 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 a coach, as someone, you know, in a in a uh an authority figure in in the movie. Yep. Not one bit of concern that a uh, teenage boy becomes a wolf and goes back to being a human being just the coach being very happy that his team is now winning well yeah i mean it's that's a coach you think do you think irving myers the ohio state coach i mean he had a guy on his team playing tight end that was doing murders and he was <laughs> he was cool with it do you think do you think if tim tebow became a fucking wolf in the middle of a game do you think he'd be pulling him out and sitting him on the bench fuck no that's 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 coaching 101 like play it the hot hand just seems like it just seems like if my player was a werewolf i would be concerned about his mortality the wear and tear of becoming a wolf and back into a human you know it, the the Law of diminishing returns with right. that. I would just be concerned. How about, as a, how about as a, it's because you have a soul. Eligibility. Good. Eligibility. Good I mean, Chris Webber had, they had to forfeit all those wins just because he took a little money. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, what if they find out it's not legal to have a, a uh, wolf, some right, canine yeah. playing for a, you. a mutant, like and by can the way, a mutant be eligible? Um, I just, uh, was looking cause I saw, I I had uh, that scene on in the background. I was watching Finstock, and I noticed in a couple scenes they have the Nebraska Cornhusker football schedule hanging on their walls. Finstock does, his dad does. 
I think this is Nebraska, not Oregon. So I go back to my point. Why would somebody in Nebraska have a, a sled in their garage? <laughs> I'm, I'm only going by Wikipedia, which okay. which tells me it was Oregon, but it could be Nebraska. Although he's got a Santa Anita calendar. That's true. Where, but maybe he's going his, to OTB. He's, yeah, he's an OTB. That For OTB sure. in the 80s. Big time, big time. Um, so then we come to the dance. Oh, well, oh no, first the first the Wolfmobile. Um, Styles is gives him a real bummer speech, doesn't he? Yeah, Styles Styles has traded the Nova for the Wolfmobile, and he's and Scott's like, yeah, but would you give him extra? I mean, it looked like a pretty fair trade to me. It was like some shitty, uh, like milkman van that he traded for his Nova. I mean, a Nova's a classic. Yeah, that thing wasn't in great shape, but it was a convertible. Like, it seems, seems like a fair trade. But it turns out that Scotty had to do some, like, promotional work, it was implied, for the, for the, real, or for the uh, car dealership, um, which would be, you know, which would be something that Styles would have worked out. Um, <clears throat> Lewis is avoiding Scott. Scott's like, hey, let's, okay, yeah, well, let's, let's go um, surfs up or whatever. He's like, but let's pick up Lewis first. And Styles is like, uh, nah, he's like, Lewis, you know, he's busy or something. And Scott's like, Lewis is avoiding me, isn't he? He's all bummed out. Again, Lewis, one of the heroes of the movie, somebody that's really freaked out that their friend he, becomes a werewolf all the time. Yeah, he played it well because it's a little odd how Mick wasn't afraid of him because he was a fucking wolf. That would be terrifying. Mick, yeah. I mean, uh, Lewis played it. The way you should. He was creeped out and a little nervous anytime he was around. Well, Mick might be the hero of the movie, but he also is probably a sociopath because Lewis announces he, that he's 20 years old and the only reason he's still in high school is because he did time. So Mick is capable <laughs> of some shit. He would be the kind of guy that wouldn't be afraid of a werewolf. Uh, Mr. Howard is not down with Scott's wolfing. He's like, hey, look, you know, you got to use your powers for good. This, this typical speech you'd have if your son was becoming a werewolf. Like, Dad, I'm having sex and throwing down tomahawk jams. And, and, Can I have a right. good couple of weeks? Yeah, give me a break. And also he's like, this this assistant principal, Thorne, is, uh, he's all over my ass at school. And, uh, and the dad's like, yeah, he's like, I know about principal thorn he's like leave him to me lee and then and then he says his first name lee leave old rusty thorn to me rusty thorn <laughs> good one pretty good name uh isn't the implication that rusty was was his boy in yeah, high school he was, yeah i think he gives him a speech and, that he was and, yeah. and i think the script I think writer, gives him a rusty thorn at the end yeah <laughs> yeah the the scriptwriters um, conveniently forgot. Like the, again, just one of the clumsy things of this movie. Um, it was it was the old man who was who was trying to tell his son because Michael J. Fox was understandably uncomfortable with becoming a werewolf and having his old man keep a secret from him at the beginning. Remember, and yes. Michael J. Fox is like, I don't want to be, you know, uh, you know chasing cars and doing all this stuff and, you know, whatever, eating them, you know, biting the uh, mailman or whatever. And the, and the dad's like, Oh, but you're not thinking of this. You're going to have like special powers. You're going to have like, you know, a lot of strength and ability. You're going to be able to use this. So 
that was the uh, father talking the, the son into how cool it's going to be to be a werewolf. And then this scene is the exact opposite. That's right. Except for having sex with everybody you want and being the best basketball player in the county and getting A's on all your tests without even trying. We're, and and all of a sudden, Jazz got a problem with it. It's yeah. kind of interesting. It was it was an it was an interesting way to go. Like he again, had he prepared him for what was coming? Like you you have talks with your kids. Hey, look out for this. Hey, just be aware. Like this is the this may seem really intense, but it's not that big a deal. This is what's going to happen in junior high or whatever. This this Harold Howard he didn't do any of that. His his kid had a high likelihood of becoming a fucking wolf and he didn't even he didn't even warn him about it so i can't really put much stock in what mr howard was as a dad uh <laughs> boof wants to go to the the big dance is coming up which is which is apparently a big deal in this town and boof wants to go to the dance with scott and scott's like yeah i'm down to go we're like we're best friends boof and um, you know, you're kind of hot. And, um, she's like, I date raped you and yeah, let, let's, let's do this. Thanks for forgiving me for, for date raping you that, that one time. And she, but she's into it, but she's like, Hey, look, she's like, we can go to the dance and we could, I'll probably fuck you. She's like, but uh, not if you're the wolf. And he, and then he's like, Oh no, no, I gotta be the wolf. Like people are expecting the wolf and he, oh, and they, they really want him to be the wolf. Oh, totally. So he's, so then they go, he goes, so sorry, can't go to the dance with you. And she, and she's, he's like, but save me a dance. And she's like, Oh, of course you big lug. And it's like all fine. So why couldn't they, if she's going to dance with them anyway, like why couldn't they just ride in the same car to the dance? Just yep. like go she probably van. didn't want to get clawed. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, so he shows up. He's he's in the very timely um, Saturday Night Fever white suit with the black shirt, <laughs> and he's like it's a good like ten years after that movie. Yeah, right? he, he's like blow drying his wolf hair in the mirror, like he's all wolfed up. Yeah, he's very quaffed. And he shows up, and everybody's like wolf. Wolf, like they're so stoked that he's there. Yeah, there's like a forty year old Asian dude just screaming yes. wolf at him. Everybody's so old at the dance, but they're supposed to be in high school, and they're like, Wolf, wolf, wolf. Then he busts out just one of the iconic dances of all time. The you may have seen people do it. You take like your wolf claws and like kind of go like bend your arms and kind of go back, ah, like do a wolf thing. And really, really became one of the iconic dances of the 80s. Would you guys agree? Yeah, and you can tell when Boof, this is the one time she's wearing a somewhat passable outfit. And you can see she's got a nice body. She's she's all right here. She's good looking. I like her. Uh, oh, oh, absolutely. Because this that's the biggest reveal. Thanks for bringing that up, Ed. That's the big reveal Boof's of the dance. Boof's. Yeah, Boof's got some straight up bombs she's wearing like a um what do they call that like a halter or like a tube dress it's it's loose after the tits yeah it's all tight on the titties and she's got some big old guns like i would be wolfing out on those a hundred percent um i'm shocked that scotty's not all over it after that even though he did try to date rape her that one time 
Boof's definitely into some wolf dick. They they're dancing, um, but there are a lot of middle aged people dancing along with him at the dance, the yeah, high school dance, right? And then they go out and they're like Boof and Scott are making out. Like he he unwolfs to like get down with Boof, and they're just making out in the hallway. And then he comes back in as Scott, and Mick McAllister sees his moment, and he just fucking heads over. Also, Mick McAllister, that's a very Irish name. For a big Guido looking motherfucker. Like this that he's he's very swarthy for an Irishman. Yeah, what's, like, what's the actor's name? Uh Mark Arnold. Uh he's he's like the blackest of the black Irish. Like he's does not look very Irish at all. But that aside, he's like, fuck this. He's not the wolf right now. I'm gonna fuck him up. And he goes over there and just fucking knocks him out. But the but Scotty gets back up and he fucking wolfs up and slashes Mick's shirt apart with his claws. And immediately he, he's, he's defended himself. Like he was attacked. He jumps up and defends himself. He is a wolf, by the way. He could get up and he could rip Mick McAllister to shreds if he wants to, but he, he just lightly cuts his shirt up with his claws. Immediately the entire crowd that had just adopted his dance and cheered for him turns on him. The whole yeah, school, all laughing at him. the whole school. Suddenly hates the wolf. It doesn't make any sense. Jason Stewart, your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I I don't understand what's going on here. I I again, I I don't understand why Mick is so unfazed by this guy. How he can attack a wolf, and why exactly, when given the chance to maul this guy and show your superiority, all you do is just kind of. What you cut out is uh his top. Yeah, he you just kind of rips you off cut his out shirt. the clothing. Doesn't even doesn't even break I, the skin. To me, that was a moment where like, yeah, the, the movie could have t- taken like a, a turn and gotten a little edgy and stuff, but the werewolf just like became a pussy in the moment, and then the school turned on him for some stupid Crazy. reason. It was shocking. It was shocking. And, he defended himself. And they're, they're the school nickname are the Beavers. I I put the movie on in the background on uh, Amazon. Yeah, it's the Beavers and. And in the hallway, you know, one of the set dressers put an assistant, hey, make some signs for the hallway. So there's a giant sign when the principal like confronts him after the fight. It just says beavers are best. That's a pretty sweet sign. <laughs> it's, it's pretty a, awesome. It's not as good as assassinate Lincoln, but right. beavers are best is pretty sweet. Um, so that's it. Scott's had enough. Everyone hates him now because he tore a shirt on a guy that was assaulting him. Um, for some Roger reason that, too. yeah, everyone hates him. He's can't be in the play anymore. Cause he's decided I'm not going to be the wolf anymore. I'm only going to be Scott Howard. And it, it all culminates at the final game. It's the championship game. The Beavers have won every game. They're in the finals versus mixed dragons again. The game has already started or is about to start. Like usually I play a Willis Reed, right? Yeah. yeah, I played high school sports. Like you got to come like early and like the team all hangs out and gets dressed together. And they talk, you talk about the game with the coach and get warmed up and shit. Well, that's all happened. And then Scott just comes walking in late. Maybe they're expecting that because he used to be the wolf, but he comes in like as a, as just Scott and coach Finstock, like he, you can tell he sees his his stock's rising, like maybe some colleges are looking at him or something because he, now he's got a blazer on and a tie and shit. 
got a tweed blazer and he's like, okay, go, go ahead and get, get in the wolf thing. And, uh, Scotty's like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it coach. And he's like, oh, I get it. You should wait, save it till the second half. And he's like, pretty smart. And then, but then he goes in the huddle and like all the rest of the team hates him because he takes all the shots and stuff, which I think is kind of lame because he's gotten him to the championship. Like he's, do you think all the other guys on the team are like, come on, LeBron, like fuck pass it. Like, I know you have 51 points and you're the, you're the best player in the league, but like, I'm, uh, um, who's, who's a guy that would have been on the Cavaliers with LeBron? Kevin Love, Clay uh, Thompson, Kyrie Irving. No, not, not all stars. Give me just like a regular guy. Kyle Korver. Kyle, I'm Kyle Korver. Like I look like Ashton Kutcher over here. Like pass it to me. Uh, but so they don't want that. He's like, look, I'm not going to be the wolf. And he's like, I think we can win anyway. And everybody's like rolling their eyes and shit. But he's like, fuck it. Like, he's like, let's go play as a team or whatever. And meanwhile, the dragons are like throwing shoulders and fucking like doing like football plays and not getting called for fouls or anything. They're like throwing guys down and punching them and stuff. And it's no big deal. And for some reason, despite the fact that all they've done all season is stand around and watch a wolf score all the points, the beavers have miraculously learned how to play as a team. It's- it, it it doesn't add up. So, none of none of none of it adds up. So so you, so you have you have a you have a much worse uh, player in Michael J. Fox as just a regular human. Yes, He's you have a team that is way. a team that has been resting on its laurels for most of the season. They actually show she- scenes where guys are like eating apples on the court while the wolf takes over. Hey, so they're Chubb not just they're, eats. Yeah, they're not yes. getting any. They're not getting better reps. They're not becoming more like that's again one of the things that this movie just completely lacks is any kind of like connecting the dots. Like, why would this team all of a sudden be better in the championship game? What what made them great? They didn't even show any kind of a a ramp up to this game. It 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 was completely out of nowhere that this team was able to compete. After the first scene showed them as one of the yeah. worst basketball teams it's, in the history of mankind. It, it was it was a shocking evolution for this team, to say the least. Um, they're playing as a team. Chubby is knocking down undefended set shots from the corner because they're like mixed, just like shoot it, fat ass, and he's like whoop, not shooting a chest shot and knocking them down. Nobody's defending Chubby. Um, Scott is going coast to coast, staring at the ball the whole time he's dribbling and making layups despite everybody being normal height and him being really small. Um, Mick eventually, so the game's close. And actually there are a couple guys like 45 on the Beavers has some skills. Where's he been all season? Where was he when they were losing 71 to 12? That's what I'm saying. Is he hurt? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the same team, but somehow these guys started, have, have become better basketball players. Right. Like 45 can play. Um, so Chubb logs full minutes. Oh yeah. You never see a scene where he's on the bench. He makes, he makes a, just a full upper body hook shot where he doesn't even like turn at all. He just goes, huh? And throws it over his body and it goes in. Uh, he's unconscious. Shoot it. No, no, that, that one was, that one was a chest shot that he made from outside. Uh, but they're, yeah, they're, they're playing well. It's close. It's coming down to the wire. Mick assaults Scott to get his fourth foul. Just like fucking Mick, hammers Mick him. Mick must have had six flagrant twos yes. in his scene. Yes. It's crazy. It was a different he time. Throws it's, this was like the Kermit Washington era of basketball. 
He um Mick assaults Scott and Scott's like, Hey, guess what? That's your fourth foul. And Mick's like, so like <laughs> Mick doesn't understand the rules of the basketball and neither do the people that wrote the movie. And he's like, and so Scott's got to explain. He's like, if you get one more, you're out of here. And he's like, then he goes a line and he shoots his jump shot free throws and they go in. And then, so then it's coming down to the wire. There's 45 seconds left on the shot on the clock. The beavers, the beavers block a shot and they, and they turn around and bring it the other way. About one second elapses and suddenly there's eight seconds left on the shot. It's like 45 block shot, turn the other direction. And the clock now says eight seconds. Mick fouls. So Scott goes to the hole. He's like, I'm going to make a layup to win this thing. He goes, he goes to his right because that's the only direction he can go. By the way. Yeah. By the way. Um, technical two shots plus the, plus the, plus the ball and put time on the clock. You don't, you don't just give them two foul shots with zero time left. Well, when, when have you ever seen a basketball game end with free throws? I've never There's seen There's always going to be at least a half a second left, right. right? Well, yeah, but this was the 80s. No, I, I think they might for the final shot. They make, they make them shoot free throws. I've with, never like, seen a basketball game end on free throws. Yeah, he fa- I've, I seen, I've, seen, I've seen halves end that way. This I don't is, know if you've seen yeah, games This is end before that way. the fractions of a second. So Mick... Mick fouls Scott as he goes to the hole as time expires. So, yes, that's Mick's fifth foul, but who cares because the fucking game is over. Why do we need that he's got four fouls thing? Like, that never came into play. Not unless not unless it went into overtime oh, and Mick point. is... But, they di- but it didn't. But, but it didn't. So yes. it, did, it was irrelevant. Spoiler alert. But, so it's, it's 51-50. But all of his fouls are flagrants. Right. Yeah, but it's the eighties. It's they played rougher back then. So Scotty goes to the line. There's there's time has expired. He's got two shots to win the game. It's fifty one fifty. He makes great Van Halen album. He makes the first shot. He's for some reason everyone has left the court because right, there's not gonna be a rebound. There's nothing happening. It's just these two shots and that's how the game's gonna go. Everybody's like cleared out. But for some reason, Mick McAllister is allowed to stand directly under the basket in Scott's line of view. Like are do are the referees worried that they're going to that there's going to be some retribution from Mick McAllister because they just let him stand there sweating and grimacing and leering at Scott Howard. Weird turn, do you guys agree? Yeah, well these are the same refs who ignored the 10 second violation. That's true. There's there's a lot going on there. Um and of course Scotty knocks down both of his patented free throw jumpers. And the first one is a wide shot, kind of like from the left of above the backboard. So Michael J. Fox had to actually make that jump shot free throw. How many takes would you guys say that it took him to (laughs) knock that one down? I would say like in the 15 to 20 range. Yeah, because he clearly – had never shot a basketball. Never, never. He had it. seen what a jump shot looks like, yeah. but you don't need to take a jump shot from the line. Right, he's a tiny little Your actor. Your heels barely need to leave the ground. Right. He's a tiny little actor from Canada, and he was shooting jumpers from the line. And just, despite the fact that he was just acting like a basketball player, nobody could say just like, hey, just do that shot without jumping. Just do what you did, but don't do the jump part. Anyway, he knocks them both down. 
Everyone loses their shit. Pamela's like, I want to fuck again. And he just pushes her right up out of the way and goes over to Boof with her big old bombs, plants one on her. And that's how it ends. Roll credits. Uh, hang on a second. What? One of the great joys of kind of uh, as, uh, when you're a kid and you hear like this myth about a movie, I remember renting it from the, the video store and every subsequent viewing right at the end, when everybody gets out of the crowd, everybody goes to go uh, storm the court. There's a dude who stands up whose pants are undone and he has to like close his pants. So I read about this, this, Oh the, yeah. It was on the side of the screen and it was actually a chick whose pant like an extra and her pants were too tight. So she undid them while she was sitting down. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's very clear. Yes. Right. You see somebody like totally with undone pants. Yes, it was, it was an, and nobody term. thought to, uh, to, to reshoot or even edit out or they just, they just kept it in. Yeah, of course. Well, that would have cost money. That would have cost money. Again, a, a rush job of a movie. Uh, okay, so you want some trivia from the IMDb page? Scott yeah. Scott Howard's house was located on the same block as 1955 George McFly's and it 19, looks it. and 1955 Lorraine Baines' houses from Back to the Future, probably in Pasadena where everything like that is shot. Uh, Michael J. Fox disliked this film so much that he refused to return for the sequel. He, he turned into a big st- star. Uh, in an interview at the time, while Back to the Future was in production, he lamented Steven Spielberg's down the street making great movies and I'm playing a werewolf. Oh, yeah, that's right, because Back to the Future was originally shot with uh, Eric Stoltz, and they had to fire Stoltz and bring in Michael J. Fox. Um, according to wow. uh, Rod Daniel, the director, when test audiences first saw Scott's dad as a werewolf, they went insane. He said the laughter was so loud, it obliterated the next minute of the film. <laughs> Ac- according to the director, quote, somewhere in a vault is about an hour of the most embarrassing sports footage ever taken. Well, what's on Wait, the screen? <laughs> yeah, what, what made the what made the movie is... <laughs> Uh, Michael J. Fox's fame rose steadily while filming due to the increasing success of family ties. By the end of the production, Fox needed more security than he did at the beginning. As we said earlier, the, uh, the entire production only took 21 days. Oh, Lisa Boof Marconi was based on one of the writer's high school girlfriends. That was really her name. That's where that came from. Oh, wait. Oh. Ed Daly, you're right. Rod Daniel went to Nebraska where the movie is set to interview teens about partying. The interviews inspired many of the scenes. Yeah, they get down in Nebraska. I'm, so I'm guessing Wikipedia Wikipedia thought Beavers, Oregon, Oregon State. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Um, anything else? I think that's it. Oh, Michael J. Fox couldn't eat solid food while in makeup. Oh, Jeff Glosser apparently was his stunt double. Um, couldn't eat solid food while in makeup. They had milkshakes and soup only. Um, I think that's it. You guys have anything else? No. I mean, my, my general summary of this movie, I, and I alluded to it at yeah, the beginning. It's great. It really it doesn't know what it is. They, yeah. they went kind of halfway down a, a three roads 
We're going to do a teenage party movie. Yeah. We're go- we're going to do a um a kind of coming of age redemption movie. Yeah. Or we're going to do a uh, whole movie. is greater than the sum of parts sports yep. movie. Yep. They didn't do any of those well. Oh, by the way, and there's a werewolf. And they certainly didn't do a werewolf movie any justice. But if you're going to do the whole whole of is better than the sum of the parts, whatever cliche movie that we've seen over and over again in, with sports movies, I mean, give it some give it some like effort yeah. like show progress so over lazy. time explain so why the team suddenly became a championship team yeah. um it, it it's just frustrating so in that what's regard your, what's your grade a plus. i mean probably a d plus i honestly think the lowest i could give it is a b plus i love this movie so <laughs> really i think i'm genuinely entertained i find it fun every time i watch it another another trivia susan ursidi who played lisa booth marconi had only made uh. one movie before this the chachi arcola oh film Zapped? Zapped. Do you th- Zapped. No kidding. Do you think she got her big bombs out in that? Because it says co-screenwriters Jeff Loeb and Matthew Wiseman saw her in that film and knew that they wanted her for this role. Read. They wanted to try to fuck her, obviously. She's a cutie. Yeah, she's, she's not bad looking out. at all. Uh, okay, guys. I really, really appreciate this. I hope, I hope our listeners like it. I hope people are talking about it on our Reddit page, the Baller Lifestyle Podcast subreddit. Uh, a lot of a lot of interesting discussions going on there. Uh, Jason Stewart, as always, appreciate your time. Loved Thank you, it, Jason. Um, Ed Daly, as always, great job for Ed Daly for Jason Stewart. My name is Brian Beckner. This has been the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. We will see you next week. We'd much Goodbye. rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit so hot, man. You know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man. It really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.